Fatima Para is a 23-year-old ex-feminist who is now a conservative thinker and entrepreneur. She claims that societal pressures forced her to rethink what is femininity and what is the optimal environment for herself and future family. Some topics we discussed are inequities in society, the trans and gender movement, how one calculates judgment, optimal outcomes, meritocracies, guiding youth perspective, immigration, societal systems, and the optimal framework for children. This isn't a one-sided conservative conversation, rather an open dialogue on topics we should all ask ourselves. What is optimal for humanity? Fatima Para? Yes. <laughs> all right, said that right? Yes. Cool. So we're going to be talking about your feminism story and mm -hmm. transition out of that ideology and your experience at Cal State Fullerton. I'm super curious to hear about that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you were saying you were helping your mother with, is she full Spanish speaking? Is that what you were saying? You were helping with English? Yeah, she understands English. She just can't communicate English very well, not at all. Um, sh she took a few classes, but she always says that because of her age, nothing will ever retain in her brain, and that's why she can't learn English. And so, interesting. Okay, yeah. so what's her age, and then what's that background like? What type of Spanish? So sh we are uh, we immigrated from Mexico, so we have okay. like you know that Spanish um, background. Um, she, wait, what was your question beforehand? So yeah, like you could talk about her immigration story. So yeah. what what was that like? Um, okay, so we let's see. She grew up, my, my family on my mother's side grew up very poor. So I think that drive to be someone um, came from when she was very, very young, at age 12. She always wanted to be a nurse, um, and she couldn't because she didn't have the money. But in the same time, she had to get a job to take care of my uncles and my aunt and my grandma, grandma being a single mother of six. Um, she and, like, my aunt were the only ones to work in the family. So I think I'll talk about this more later on, but my idea of feminism and femininity and masculinity and all that stuff comes a lot with observing that her story and observing it now, the effects of my mom having to work for the whole family. And um, that's her story. And it didn't stop until she met my dad um, my dad, in his time, wa was to be considered very wealthy, um, and they used that to then come to the United States and look for more opportunity. When was that? In the year of 99. 99. Mm -hmm. So your mom met your dad in Mexico. Oh, I'm sorry. My mom met my dad. Yes, in Mexico. My mom met my dad five years prior, so okay. like around 1994. My brother was eight years old. No, my brother was two or three years old. And so that was like in, ni in 94. Yeah, 93 or 94 is when they met. Cool. So your mom and aunt were the ones hustling and bustling mm -hmm. in Mexico yeah. to provide for the family. Mm -hmm. But you said there was a lot of men also in the family? Yeah. Were they just younger and not able to work or were they no. choosing not to? They were choosing not to. Okay. So there was the idea in our culture is like, oh, my first child. Well, 
sorry, I'm not going to generalize, but in my family specifically, but like, oh, my first child, I'm going to give him everything. I'm going to teach him everything. Um, they won't have to do a thing. Like, they have it all with me. I'm going to give it all to them. That's a, essentially what happened with my grandma and her first two born sons, and even more that they were boys. Um, they were given everything. They were, uh, they were special to her. And so when it came to the moment where they had to work, uh, my grandma said, no, 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 I'm going to work for you. And they were like in their teens up until 25 still, and they still didn't work. Even afterwards, they didn't. Then my mother was born. She was a third child. And then it was um, my, after my mom, it was my uncle, another uncle. And then after that uncle was um, my aunt. And then after that aunt was another young uncle. Wow. So, so doing four men. So doing all of that definitely most likely had an impact on her brain and the hustle bustle yeah. entrepreneur mindset. That's yeah. now carrying along with you. Yeah, carrying along with me. And she always taught me, you know, what it is to be a woman. But at the same time, um, the idea of don't depend on any man because if you get to meet one like the ones we have in our family, like you, ha you have to have your own security and something to fall back into. And in and I was like 15, 16. All of this happened when I was like in my mid ten, uh, teen years. Okay. I could have accepted that and used as an advice or as motivation to look for something better. What I think would be better. Um, so did that have an impact on you going into the mindset of feminism and mm -hmm. kind of stoicism and I'm a woman mm -hmm. raised by a strong woman who's telling yeah. me to take care of myself. Therefore, like, can you describe yeah. that a little bit? Like when did that, what, was it early in high school? Was it in middle school when you started thinking of the Definitely feminine in high way? school. Okay. In high school because I was, I was young, easy to manipulate. Um, I wanted to fit in if the majority believed in feminism and, and every left-leaning ideology, then that's what I would go to. I didn't want to be challenged. I didn't, I, I just wanted to be as accepted. So I had a general idea of what it is, but truly I never really dived into debates. I never did any of that. I just thought, okay, like, you know, I'm a woman. I should be a, fem a feminist, you know, and if you're not, you know, you're anti-woman. Like, you don't believe in, in, in what we have to offer. And what did feminism mean to you at that point in your life when I you were very young? At that point in my life, I thought that um, I thought about you know equality, um, but like face value equality. But when you really dive into some conversations and with women and well, no, mainly women, they used equality in disguise of like female superiority or. Um, be like um like um, yeah like and those are parts of feminism that you may did you like start thinking of the superiority elements later mm -hmm. on like as you delve into it so mm -hmm. it sounds like in the beginning you were kind of just a little bit young naive like we all are mm -hmm. at that age mm -hmm. and from your mom's background and now you were raised that kind of solidified it too so what my mom went through. Yeah. Did you ever have conversations or was that even something spoken of in high school? Um, or were you just kind of filtering your decision making through that lens? It was it wasn't ever debated. It was always a conversation, people letting out what they think 
but nobody would be like that's not true or they wouldn't challenge each other like oh yeah that, that's fine like everybody would be like-minded so nobody would come up and say no 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 there's no um there's no equality you know men are men and women are not equal nobody would say that they would say like oh yes men and women are equal you know they deserve to be treated the same or they deserve but nobody talk about no everybody should be treated with respect no matter if you're a man or a woman not because you're a woman you should be just treated better than what a man would be treated just with respect okay so, so it ties back into you saying it was just based off equality mm-hmm. the idea of at that point there is some ground to be made up on the female behalf therefore a female must remain stoic and kind of mm-hmm exert in society Mm -hmm. in order for there to be equality Mm -hmm. and then what you just said what you've come to find is respect almost needs to get placed before equality because equality as an outcome is Mm kind of determined based off of your personality and how you like operate in society it's not based off of not whether your you're brown or your black place, yeah. yeah yeah whether whether you have long hair short hair mm-hmm. it's more of like the meritocracy type yeah. of and that's what i feeling. thought it was but okay so in high school then again we never really dive into detail it was just this general idea a little more later on than i figured like oh feminist today because sure we have the idea of what feminism feminism was in like the 60s and the 70s but feminism today they use it now to be, to belittle men to to make them less than and i didn't like that at all because they're not less than in fact the qualities that they're supposed to possess the ones that lacked in the men the men in my family is what is needed today um so that women and men can be better so i i used what i observed in my family what i saw feminism today were pushing for and I thought oh no like I'm not a feminist at all I don't want to be at least part of the feminism that exists today so and so they would be little women uh, men um they would bring up the idea of like 50 50 um there was a point where I did believe in the 50 50 idea uh because my mom you know now that I think about it my mom kind of implied that to me like hey like you know possess all these um female feminine qualities but don't depend on that you know don't depend on any man because because men nowadays don't want to work don't want to do this do that so make sure you have a career make sure you go to school make sure you're educated make sure um you have a job to fall back to and uh, make sure you have money and you know prenup for example um so let's paint a timeline Everything you said was like awesome. That's yeah. It, it totally ties into <laughs> to your past. And, but for for the timeline of you're through high school, is it when you get into college when you start to recognize like, wait, I actually don't yeah. like these ideologies. It was like around the year of 2015, 2016 to 2020. Is when you would consider I, yourself a feminist. When I yeah, when I considered myself a feminist. And then 2020 is when I just did a whole what 360 yeah so talk about those personal experiences like what Mm -hmm. i'm I'm sure what was it like a moment like that or did it build up what was it it was a moment like like a snap what happened so uh let's see i already had all of these idea in my head 
But like I said, I was never challenged. I was never exposed to them in a way where I was debated or I was told, no, what you're saying is wrong. Like, think about, think about it this way. And I was always open-minded. I was always willing to talk, but I had nobody to guide me through it. Um, what was it? I think it was uh, the tipping point. In twi- a, lot, a lot happened in 2020. We all know a lot happened in 2020. Mm-hmm. The one thing that happened was the, the BLM movement, right? That alone just made me dive even deeper. Afterwards came into, okay, let's talk about, you know, toxic masculinity and uh, femininity and what does that mean? Um, I think the tipping, to- tipping point for me was, was realizing that men and women are not equal for the simple fact that men cannot be pregnant, they cannot bring children to the world, and women can. That was a tipping point for me. I never even realized it when I was young because it wasn't, it wasn't a conversation that men w- could get pregnant. or That was never a conversation in high school. Nobody talked about that. It was The whole conversation was focused on women. Um, Interesting. Okay, yeah. so it sounds like you, you have this perspective built, and it starts to get challenged, not necessarily from your own starting point mm-hmm. or pursual, but you have these new societal elements coming into your life, into Mm -hmm. your psyche, like the idea that a man can get pregnant. Mm -hmm. And then you kind of bucket that with like, Like let's say the leftist, the, Mm -hmm. the feministic, whatever you bucket that in. Mm -hmm. And then it makes you be like, whoa, wait, now do I want to remain on the side or team, even though I kind of hate that there's team oriented things Mm -hmm. with politics and way to look at the world. But you now start, question like wait am am I going to be the person that goes along with something like a man becoming pregnant Mm -hmm. going against everything that I believe in you know and so what what about the the BLM movement did you not like you said that kind of was a tipping point what so the at first hand you say like okay you shouldn't really care about race you know you should everybody's human you should be treated just based off of who you are as like a care like your own um uh content of character you should just be treated that way if you're a bad person you know like okay i'm not gonna treat you with respect because you just don't deserve it but um or i just won't associate with you um but the blm focused on 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 BLM as it is, their focus is on just the black movement, you know, empowering them, helping them out, face value, just looking at it. But the way they dealt with it was something uh, I was disagreeing with. Protests are fine. Peaceful protests are fine. I didn't like the fact that even since I had a business, I didn't like the fact that they went around rioting destroying businesses, black-owned businesses, um, destroying homes. Um, it turned civil discourse out the window because now you couldn't even have a conversation with someone who, for me, for example, who disagreed what the movement was about. So, yeah, m- my idea is like, yeah, no, treat everybody with respect no matter what color you are, no matter what sex you are, no matter what, I guess, 
at that point was gender, what you identify with, but now I have a different view on that mm-hmm. t- today too. Um, that sounds like a pretty good baseline, right? Just mm-hmm. to treat everyone with respect mm-hmm. and and not make it too team oriented and mm-hmm. um, like I don't care if you're black, I don't care if you're blue, yellow, whatever. Like you, you're a, a person, you you are nice to me, I'll be nice back. Yeah, and we'll get into the inequities in society and mm-hmm. analyzing the past and the present and what has come to be and if there is need for for mediation and um, producing more equality in society. That's a mm-hmm. very complex problem. Yeah. But just focusing on that event alone, being a, a woman in the world looking at how problems are being solved, mm-hmm. you kind of recognized the movement as a whole mm-hmm. and it raised red flags. Mm-hmm. Like because it just it didn't stand for your baseline of like respect and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and all humans are equal type deal. Yeah, type of yeah, type of deal. Okay. Um, and w- were those conversations happening while you were in college at this point? So no, so twenty twenty was my junior year of college. Okay. So none of those conversations were happening before, and even if they were, I wasn't. Um, associating myself with those conversations. Politics, I would, before 2020, I preferred not to even speak of it because I considered myself ignorant. I don't know at all, but at that point especially, I considered myself ignorant, didn't want to talk about it. Um, before 2020, after 2020, I'm like, no, now I'm willing to talk about it with someone and have someone tell me that they, they disagree and why. Um, what sort? Because it was needed also. Okay, so you recognized it was needed. Like, mm-hmm. what you were recognizing as a problem was grave enough to where you were actually going to get involved in mm-hmm. having political conversations yeah. and, and standing up. And then, did, was it gradual leading up to 2020? Do you remember any other flagging points that then led there and mm-hmm. it almost pushed you over to... Unfortunately, now it seems like it's a left versus right. Yeah. Like, you can't just assess an individual problem and and try to identify the hypotheses and then come up with your version of the solution and whatnot. Yeah. Because it it sounds like, have you ever reflected on, wait, I kind of just went from one side to the other. Oh, I did. And then I want, because I've thought about this a lot, I want people to understand sometimes it's not about pushing yourself to the other side. Mm -hmm. It's about analyzing the phrase can a woman get, or can a man rather get pregnant? Mm -hmm. Should a man get pregnant? pregnant, And what type of fringe ideologies and those conversations, where are they lying? Which, which types of people in society are having them? And then I want us to get into Mm -hmm. like biology a little bit too, because from what I've gathered, you're someone that now really wants like a loving husband and to raise Mm -hmm. a big family and Mm -hmm it's kind of pushed you into a more concrete position of now because there is a statement like a man can get pregnant in society, me as a woman, almost the new way to define a feminine woman is to Mm -hmm. stand up for the biology and to Mm -hmm. stand up for what you believe in. Yeah. Yeah. If that conversation would have, wouldn't have come about, I think I would still be in like limbo trying to figure out feminism um it was thanks to that statement alone that was like that is not true like 
That is not true. And this is commonplace now too. People speak of, and I'm just I'm just using terms that I see on the news and whatnot, just so everyone can understand what I'm talking about. But like the left is pushing people further right. We've all heard that. Like yeah. some of these <laughs> these crazy ideologies and practices are forcing people that were kind of moderate to hold on to more conservative traditional beliefs because they mm-hmm. have to dig their heels in based off of the absurdity mm-hmm. that we're all observing in society. I personally haven't haven't spent too much time thinking about the whole man getting pregnant thing because it just it's something my brain doesn't even let in because it's so absurd. Mm-hmm. And that's not said to offend anyone and to piss anybody off, even though it's going to. That's I mean, that's, that's just fine. based off of. I mean, look at every animal in the world. Mm-hmm. You have you have reproductive systems that are there. Whether you're religious, whether you're not religious, they exist to produce more offspring and mm-hmm. to reproduce your DNA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when these base level systems of of biology start to become in they're in question it speaks to like how it how are we so gonna confused. it's confusing yeah. and then how do we expect a three-year-old a five-year-old an eight-year-old to have any footing in in developing a structure a framework and how you think about the world uh, how how do we expect any concrete thought if we're going to just continuously push it's not this agenda, and, and it's not to say that we shouldn't be accepting and that people can be fluid, and if someone wants to go dress up trans and live their life that way, that, like, that, that's totally fine. But mm-hmm. when, when school systems now, like public school systems, this is something I really disagree with, are starting to preach and teach a young, malleable mind not just openness, because our generation, our previous generations, it hasn't been perfect if you go back many generations, mm-hmm. but in modern society, we were taught acceptance and um, equality and anti-bullying and all these amazing things. It's gotten to the point now where I'm a firm believer that a child needs some sort of framework and structure for their brain to mm-hmm. grow and to to interface with society and to not get too confused themselves. Mm-hmm. And we could dive in deeper on the whole gender thing and uh, transitioning at a super young age. I have a few thoughts about that too. So yeah. like you mentioned um, which gender fluidity. Yes, okay. what do you think about that? So you can say that you feel like you're a woman when you're a man, biologi- biolo- sorry, biologi- biologically, sorry, biologically, that one. Yeah. <laughs> it's a- um, that still doesn't erase the fact that you are a man. You know, you can be fluid like both, you know, both men and women. And you're like, oh, no, I, like, you know, I, 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 I like I like a man and or whatever. Like, OK. And you're still trying to prove like, but because like, you know, I'm a woman, I like I'm like, no, you're you're either XS chromosome, XY chromosome. Like you that doesn't erase the fact you can be a trans uh, gender and like. You can transform yourself i guess from a man to a woman but you're still a man because when you go to the doctor's office 
and you're told you have um, um, prostate cancer, like, but, and you like look like a woman, and you went through all the surgeries, like, and but you have cancer, um, prostate cancer, like, oh, you're a man. That still doesn't erase the fact, you know. Um, so it seems like that's a good framework of in dealing with surgical procedures and mm-hmm. doctor's office visits, you might, if you are transgender, and we're just speaking openly here, we're mm-hmm. just we're just talking openly, maybe on paper, your biology needs to read a certain description, mm-hmm. but when you go off and interface in society, if you want to change your body and change mm-hmm. your look to, to look a certain way, then you can you can very well go operate I mean, in society, legal, right? You know, it's legal, so. and then we saw the. <laughs> but the just because it's legal doesn't mean you know it's right. That's a thing. Yeah, yeah, and we can you get know, into morality and ethics mm-hmm. on that point for sure. But then we see the recent story with the uh, teacher in Canada. Is it who wore the? I saw articles. I didn't read through. Grant, them. can you pull I that saw, up? I saw images. The, yeah, but I did not. The gentleman. Read into it. A lot it of was my just images too. too. The gentleman that. In Canada, <laughs> trans teacher. I'm sure it'll pop up. And okay, the thing about that did did he like um, did he put on breast implants? Yeah, it's okay. what's that called again? It's like a rubber piece that you just. Oh, it's just a pe- like he didn't even go on with the surgery. It was just a piece. Oh, right there, prosthetics. So the t- the very top National Post. <laughs> so prosthetics. It's tying into one of those things that even if you are kind of in the middle and don't want to tell anybody what to do and want people to be able to live their lives and Mm -hmm. not judge, these types of fringe things in society, sometimes they get accepted, sometimes like in music and like just the trans movement in general have kind of moved into more of a mainstream accepted thing in society, but... Mm -hmm. To have teachers and to be teaching, even Mm -hmm. I I think this is middle-aged youth, like not very, very young. I don't think we know the full repercussions of a developing brain. Mm -hmm. The inputs that you give it, the frameworks that you give a child. There's going to be changes and there's going to be unintended actions and consequences that we don't know yet. Mm-hmm. And to fall back in the framework of man, woman, mom, dad, we've accepted now for quite a while, right? Dad, dad, mm-hmm. mom, mom. Even if you disagree with it, I mean, I'm I'm not really going to state my opinion. I just know that's kind of came into the mainstream. Mm-hmm. Um, this this is taking it way to the fringe. Mm-hmm. There was a time when you know people felt like this they're they're they were a man and they liked men and and women they liked women but they kept it so private they kept it with um with themselves and life is just sometimes better that way and even with straight people they don't they don't talk about their private lives if like that that's a great thing about being conservative like you're not going to be talking about your life to like your friend or like like your husband like you're going to keep it within yourself and that's how it used to be too with gay people and now transgenderism now they're bringing it to schools that one motivated me even the the most because when i started to believe when i started to 
um, desire like a family, starting a family, having a husband, I'm thinking like, okay, where do I want to grow my children in, in this kind of society? Or am I going to have to move away and homestead and live my own little, um, or live my own life with my husband in like an, uh, in our own land? Like, what am I going to do? Like, do I want to, this one, this one motivated me the most wanting children and deciding where am I going to um, raise them. So, yeah, that, that's a very valid question to ask yourself. And let's put that point on the table. Cause I do want to get back to that. Mm-hmm. But before you were saying that, uh, were you speaking in terms of like sexual, like uh, sexuality being private? Because you said mm-hmm. like it was almost better when mm-hmm. gays were just kind of in yeah. the closet. Mm-hmm. It was better when gays yeah. were in the closet. Like they, they, they had their own, you know, uh, preferences. Uh-huh. And they probably lived their lives the way they did, um, secretly. And I want to say straight people did too, because they weren't out here like that. <laughs> well, I got to push back a little bit here because I, I, I don't want anyone to ever feel like they have to live behind the scenes and like hide who they truly are. Mm-hmm. I think there's always been uh, people who like the same sex in society mm-hmm. and a biological standpoint to that too, in combination maybe with the nurture and how you're mm-hmm. raised and whatnot. By no means w- would I ever advocate for anybody to kind of shy away and remain behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. I think if heterosexual couples can walk the streets and be fine and live their lives, that I think everyone should be able to do that. Mm-hmm. I think the mutilation and this teacher putting on these prosthetics and it, it's getting to a level of fringe that I'm starting to question just because let's get to that. That's You could respond to that too, mm-hmm. if you'd like. Um, but what you tabled about raising kids, I'm totally in agreement with you that I actively have these conversations and I think everyone in our generation should of what type of world do you want to raise children in? And if you're mature about it and you're not selfish about it, you really need to ask yourself like, okay, am, am I the type of person that really advocates for some of the fringe um, ideologies and practices and I'm going to raise my family in mm-hmm. San Francisco and certain parts of LA and I'm really going to just push this completely open freedom agenda of nothing really matters or are you going to kind of position yourself as wait like maybe there are frameworks that lie in the conservative realm that are going to produce the best offspring and Mm -hmm. bring the most happiness to my child growing up and interacting with other humans in society Mm -hmm. i've had this conversation and i don't know yet because this hasn't played out long enough I've run both scenarios. I've thought on one end, wait, maybe very well that this is a potential that we don't know. The incredible openness and ability to go this gender, I'm an orca today, I'm a cat today, I'm a human today, I'm this name, I'm that name. Implanting that level of openness and lack of framework in a child could produce long-term positive outcomes. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's the case. And I think 
I can't speak to the data as well as some folks, but if you look at certain psychologists and um, Jordan Peterson talks about this a lot, Mm -hmm. is that any sort of child who kind of lives their life by the wayside and is just pulled and tugged left and right by their feelings, it's not necessarily going to lead to like a more robust, open-minded child. It is more of someone who is just at the mercy of emotions and someone bringing out negative emotions in a conversation or dealing with Mm -hmm. a difficult matter in school or in business or whatever it is. It seems like the data points us in the direction that humans, especially at a young age, need a framework to build their ideology on. Mm -hmm. There's an argument to be made here with religion becoming less and less and God becoming less and less and people not believing in anything outside of themselves. We don't know the ramifications of what teaching public school kids and whatnot that they can be whatever they want on any given day and all that matters is your feelings. Mm-hmm. We don't know how that's going to play out because then on the flip side, the other scenario is, is there merit to certain disciplinary actions and to provide a framework of man, woman, mom, dad, um, being a little bit more robust and hey, like the, the world's tough and you can't always flip flop back and forth. You can't, can't just change your name like do humans need that identity to fall back in to find pinnacle happiness and to be productive well, to what do you think on the like the left and right scenarios well to begin with well when it comes to children like yeah they do need a framework um i don't i think they should be giving that platform of you know if you have something to say if you're thinking something like say it you have open open tables to say anything you want um should we support everything they say as a parent? No, not everything. Um, free to say what you want, but you're not going to be supported in everything you say. Um, because I'm the parent and um, I've experienced life and I've experienced society. And I'm going to try my best to do what I th- believe is best for you. After they reach a certain age, start making their own opinions and they decide, then that's, you know, free will for them. But but for, because if you tell children Bigfoot exists, they'll believe it. Tell them Santa Claus exists, they'll believe it. And, and mm. if you... See what you're saying. Yeah, so it's, you have to be very careful on, on what you tell them because they will look up to you. If you disregard their, their thoughts, then they're going to go to the next person that will agree with them. It could be a... Uh, a total stranger could be a potential sex trafficker, for example, or, or, or a travel trafficker. It could be... Th- so you don't want to disregard their feelings and their thoughts because, you know, they're children in the end of the day. But you don't want to also support everything they say. You want to provide them that guidance to what you believe is, is right and what worked for you when you were growing up too. And what didn't work. And what didn't work. So the word you said guidance, I think is really important. Mm-hmm. And... It's a very hard calculation to make, which is judgment. Mm. Like, where does our judgment lie? When is it justified and when is it not? Like an example that popped up in my head is we've seen the story in Hollywood countless of times. And I'm sure many of you have um, 
many of you out there have maybe experienced it yourself is when like coming out of the closet, for example, like being bottled up and not being in a household that accepts the, the way you are like that is absolutely tragic. And I would never want that wished upon anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but in dealing with a child who doesn't necessarily know who they are yet, mm-hmm. that's when the framework and judgment needs to really be assessed carefully by decision makers being the number one, the child's parents, unless there's some sort of atrocity going on, which we have systems to hopefully identify and maybe pull a kid away from parents that oh, yeah, are like causing harm. Kind of abuse, yeah, but at the absolutely. end of the day, a school system, it's dangerous to have all these fringe program, all the fringe programming going into the kids' heads because like think of a computer. Mm-hmm. I've thought about this before. Um, a child, a child's brain is like getting a MacBook from the factory. It comes with a certain amount of programming, just being a human, like having the capacity to think and to question and have your terrible twos and start understanding things more when you're four and through your young adolescence. But a computer, let's say the user being parents, the programmer being parents, you can change the way that computer functions. You can change the background screen, the desktop screen, you could change and add software programs. That is really how we work. Mm-hmm. You have the biology is what you come out of the factory with, which we could, I mean, that's a very complicated issue in inequity in society, speaking to like IQs and how there's certain races of people that just on average are born with a higher IQ. And then there's statistics that pull in whether if you're born with a certain IQ, you automatically have an exponential increase in wealth in your operations in society. Mm-hmm. But a child being that MacBook out of the factory, we need to have open dialogue and really, really think deeply about what type of programs we're running in their heads mm-hmm. because we don't know if it's going to lead to a virus. Mm-hmm. A mind virus that causes a school shooter, a mind virus that causes psychotic behavior. Um, more commonly, mind viruses that that take place in the form of anxiety and depression and getting to a certain age where you don't you don't understand where you lie in the world because your framework that you weren't in control of when you were an adolescent, was being manipulated by fringe mm-hmm. action. Like with this image, for example, like the, um, the wearing the wig, putting on the um, the breasts. Yeah, the um, prosthetics. Yeah, so they see that and they think it's normal, you know, like, oh, like a little boy seeing that, they think it's normal. Um, but really, they don't realize that, that the role that they're adopting, because it's not, they're not feeling that way. Like, no, they're adopting a role. And that role that they're adopting is enabling the problem, increasing it to be like, okay, you know, basically gender dysphoria is, is, is normal, you know, and, and, and anybody can, can, can be that. So it, even if your sex says otherwise. So it's a questionable program being ran now mm-hmm. by public school systems and 
being widely and adopted I, by companies and advertising and society and stuff like that. And I went to public school. I had nothing like that. Same. Nothing like that. Do you so. do you remember are there any instances in college that really stick out to you that were um very aggressive like were you ever come at in a certain way or had any um, argumentative like debates and whatnot is there I've, anything that sticks out i've had a few in college or even post-college just in yeah no your i'm life. thinking because everything happens like behind the screen <laughs> so from my college students but never in person um oh i'm sorry hold on no yeah in the classroom and professors uh, I think two professors in my first year of college and then in my first semester in my uh, junior year of college. The first instance was in my sociology class. Um, he, I was sitting, I was sitting down. He was talking about, uh, he was talking about privilege um, I don't think he was talking about either white privilege or something. He was just talking about privilege alone. Then he'd start talking about privilege in, in, a, in a racial matter. So he, com- he had um, compared me with the girl next to me. We were both from, from Mexico. And he said, okay, uh, Fatima here put an example that, you know, privilege, some are more privileged than others. And he made it about race. Fatima here is from Mexico, but um, uh, the girl, I forgot her name. She's from Mexico too, but, you know, she was a little much more darker skin. So um, compared to her, I had a much more fair skin. So he said, oh, Fatima here will have much more uh, privileges in the world compared to her classmate because she's white passing. I didn't understand Anything. Oh, I've never heard that before. White passing. White passing. Interesting. If I would have heard of that in my junior year of college or senior year of college, I would have, you know, said something. But in my first year of college, I was like, huh, what does that mean? Like, what do you mean? Is that an insult? Is that a compliment? What are you trying to say? What are you trying to teach me? I didn't ask those questions. I just stayed quiet. I was like very, very shy. Accepted everything that I was told. So he said that I was white passing. And everybody in, in the class, too, was a freshman, didn't know what he was talking about. I don't even know what he was trying to push. Um, but that was the, what, I, what I truly remember. Now that I think about it, I'm like, wow, that was pretty, like, you know, racist to say to your yeah. students, um, saying that I have more, more privileges in, in the country because I'm, you know, whiter than her, basically. That was the first instance that really stuck out to me and will forever stay with me. Um, I hope to see him one day, but he, but I, I he's in my community college and I, I don't plan on going back in the community college. And where was that? Uh, Irvine Valley College. Irvine Valley. Irvine Valley, which I loved. Irvine Valley was amazing. White passing. Yeah, white it's, passing. I mean, we can have a now f- I know six what hour that means. conversation on um, all the complexities with <laughs> inequity in society and yeah white what is white passing and uh i have a similar experience in one of my business philosophy classes business ethics at Mm. cal state fullerton wait what what, what, what professor 
Oh, never mind. You don't have Bob? I have an instance in that classroom, too. Not oh, the really? professor, though. Who, did you have... Uh, I forgot his name. Oh, no. Uh, Ryan God. Oh, I, I'm not sure. No? Professor Bach has been on this podcast. He is absolutely what? incredible. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so it was, it was dealing with levels of fairness and inequity and just being born at okay. different places, yeah. which is by definition unfair if you're born into this family with this wealth and Maybe this area, this it, yeah. wealth. Um, there, it seems to be that there's different stages and, and different signals you should be looking for. So like a signal as complex of why are African Americans, wh- why are they even here, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can ask yourself a, a question that brings you back mm-hmm. in time to a very sad, unfortunate reality, mm-hmm. um, which along th- through redlining and so many complex things that have occurred in society over time have certain outcomes that might very well be unfair. And there are some, in my opinion, that are unfair. How you deal in solving those is where my mm-hmm. debate lies internally, uh, whether it's reparations, whether it's just free money, whether it's um, more taxes for programs to help develop certain areas. Like, so that, that's a complex string of questions that have different signals for a, for a professor to blanket statement passing as white per se Mm -hmm. in 2022, or it was what 2020 at the time. It was 2018. Everything context really matters, right? Like time, time really matters. uh, Context, um, the geography in which you live matters. That's mm-hmm. context. I filter it through the lens of what is the most optimal way to solve inequalities. So one might say that professor pointing out to students, students being in a classroom, absorbing information from elders and from systems, mm-hmm. is, is a recognizing signal. You might not recognize this inequal this inequity or inequality therefore me as a teacher needs to plant these seeds in my Mm -hmm. students of being like whoa wait it very well could be a fact that you are going to be treated differently based off the color of your skin both being latina one being a little bit more fair Mm -hmm. skin at scale in thousands and thousands of interactions with people Mm -hmm. you very well might meet a certain partner who likes a more fair-skinned woman Mm -hmm. you might you might get a business dealing based off someone who just liked the way you look. That other female individual might have her own advantages in society based off of her biology and who she is. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, the, I think the question lies See, that... I wish he would have said that. Yeah, it's complex. It makes sense. The question lies where there are certain advantages and disadvantages that might be strapped to your biology, which mm-hmm. leads to less just inequities in society versus an inequity built based off of intellect and like a more meritocracy type mm-hmm. that that's the the idea of you could be black white green brown it doesn't matter if you build what's inside your head if you equip yourself to better operate in society mm-hmm. then you can reduce inequities and increase your probability of Achieving whatever you want. But it 
it's a little gnarly sometimes when our teachers and people don't explain things in a more balanced way. And the, it, the fact is institutions are captured, right, by certain left-leaning ideology mm-hmm. where we all know professors that paint a wide brush stroke and kind of give students the tools to then go make their own decisions and then professors that pitch really their own perspectives and ideologies and try to program like you must think like I do. Mm-hmm. And something as simple as just you're going to pass as white, therefore it's unfair. It, you're not giving malleable minds, like young minds, as mine still is, yours still is, like our, ours, mm-hmm. should we should continue to grow forever. But it's really important that we paint an honest broad stroke picture of like shit's complicated (laughs) like why migrants are pouring across the border right now to pursue a better life why your family's background immigrated why my grandma immigrated why there's african-americans in america why there's so many chinese and indian doctors and foreigners who hold higher Mm -hmm. um places in society most often than multi-generational Americans and Mm -hmm. people that come from farming back. Things are so complicated. That long-winded statement is being said that it's important to think of all these data points before pitching solutions Mm -hmm. for, for whether it's BLM or the trans movement or all of these complex things like Let's just go riot or mm-hmm. we're going to put forth policy now that, oh, no one gets arrested or flagged if they're stealing an item under 900 or $1,000 because those people have, excuse me, such bad inequity that, you know what, let's cut them a break. They could actually steal shit based off of things that happened 200 years ago and from ancestors and mm-hmm. they're not in control of that. I would argue that that's not a good way to solve the problem Mm -hmm. let's bring it into this what we were talking about before we got on air um the equality of outcome argument versus uh the equality of opportunity Mm -hmm. so when i think of america i want i want to think of america as equality of opportunity Mm -hmm. that our system Everything that's in place is to give people the opportunity to be them best self, to be mm-hmm. their best selves. Mm-hmm. The the equality of outcome type deals of, oh, if if you live in this area, it's unfair. So we need to reverse engineer everything <laughs> to give you that equality of outcome. Um, that by definition, the people that hold that belief, it is. It is factually impossible to solve that, and it's it's completely invalid from the start because we are born with different IQs and intellect. Mm-hmm. Out of the womb, that computer out of the factory, that's going to lead to inequities by definition because there's going to be people that are more manipulative. Mm-hmm. There's going to be people that are better at computer programming and complex systems like being a doctor whatever it may be that leads to a higher higher income and whatnot but see we want that you know we because that's where meritocracy comes from 
So like you want the best of the best, even within like uh, like medicine, for example, um, you're gr- you're not gonna request a heart a heart surgeon to do your your brain surgery, you know. Um, and then when you do go within all the brace brain surgeons, you want the best of all brain surgeons. So, uh, so yeah, that idea alone it is good inequalities or inequities between all of that is it's a good thing because the people who are not the best then you know you're kind of motivating them to be the best neurosurgeon of all neurosurgeons around so that's a good point i agree like right so the encouragement over time like here's the pinnacle you can reach this you just have to do x y and z Mm -hmm. but i'll pose a challenging question so Mm -hmm. there would be someone that would say of course there's not more african-american brain surgeons they were set up to fail how, how would you course that out i would it's challenging to like to take all the time you know being. no because i'm thinking of, about um a specific family member who thinks that way too um and i think the opposite um and i always respond well you keep thinking that way it will it will be that way your fe- mm. your your life will mm. be that way you know you have to if you just if you just change that a bit like okay like um, you were saying like, oh, um, there's not a lot of African-Americans, you know, in, I'm sorry, what? In Brains. In, in brain, brain surgery. Brain, brain surgery. Okay. And it'll, it'll just say like that. Okay. Don't look at, um, at the fact that, oh, there's not a lot. Okay. What are we doing? That's not encouraging them, you know, or, or what's happening in their household. That's not, it's not encouraging them. This fell. Um, uh, less focus on it will always be like that because of whatever reason um okay instead of thinking that way like okay change it to what are we going to do to solve it now okay um what's going on in schools you know what are we teaching them or 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 no yeah that's my thought no no (laughs) that's that's a complete thought and i i think it makes sense let's dive in deeper on what's going on in the household I think that's really important and it ties into to you wanting to take your family and get away mm-hmm. to raise them how you see fit right mm-hmm. without the pollution of of um what you deem to be just toxic right like mm-hmm. all of the fringe ideology and actions what happens in a household is so complex but so important right mm-hmm. generations after generations whether it's physical abuse, just not really striving to -hmm. do much, being set up to fail if, like a reality, a fact, and I want to hear your thoughts, like an inner city African-American who's just been plagued by great-great or great-grandparents grandparents and parents, and it's just Mm -hmm. a system that they're kind of set up to fail. Mm -hmm. just to put it in a blanket statement, but yeah. one can like understand what I'm talking about compared to an individual that's born into a family of, um, like a good family. I yeah. Just, just, just a good, a good mm-hmm. family, healthy food, healthy thoughts, no physical healthy harm, traditions, healthy, healthy traditions. Mm-hmm. We can all come to the conclusion. Okay. That that's probably not an equal scenario, right? Mm-hmm. They might not even have equal opportunity, which when I said I, when thinking of America, I would like us to get as close as we can to an 
mm-hmm. a system that allows that inner city child to achieve as much as that more wealthy individual. Um, it's so complex. And then we, we get to the point of like, all right, if that is an inequity that we want to solve or at least alleviate and, and try to make it a little bit more of equal opportunity, do we just dump money at it? Or mm-hmm. is it just reparations? Or there's some people that would argue by definition the system that we built, being America, being the mm-hmm. Constitution, being everything, is so flawed that we need to actually toss the rule book <laughs> and rewrite it because we're never going to be able to solve that problem. I, I hear that thought. I've thought about it before. I, my only rebuttal would be we can, that can't be an option on the table. Well, there, that's only there, if you think that's the problem. You know, that's why that's true. you'd find that to be like, I don't think that's the problem at all. Who did it come from to say um, that they're, they're set up for failure? Who, who said that? Did, did you internally say that? Or did the Constitution say that? Or did politicians say that? Or, or like, who, who, who said that? It's a good question. So let's think about it. Um, I mean, I, I, prefaced, I prefaced that proposition right that. It was a fact that that inner city kid mm-hmm. and the wealthier and a better family child um, is unequal by definition. Mm-hmm. Do you agree with that? Like by no. definition, it's unequal. Okay. No, not at all. Or oh, I'm sorry. Hold on. Unequal. Okay. Um, what what they went through? Yeah. Of co- um. Hold or on. like even what they're projected to go through. Like, right. So we're smart enough to think like, oh, and all the complex interactions and looking into the future, the amount of drug dealers or gunshots Mm -hmm. or quality of food or we were talking about like a healthy household, like the quality of conversation Mm -hmm. coming out of parents mouths is probably going to be a little bit more detrimental, a lot of bit more detrimental to the inner city kid. Than that other kid. Mm-hmm. Do we, th- are we able to say that those two, th- like, is that a fact? Would you say that it's unequal? Um, so trying to think like at that point of their lives and past. Yeah. They're completely different because of what they went through. But I at that point saying. forward, uh, and I only say this because I compare myself a lot with like my brother who who went through what that inner city kid went through. And I feel like I went through a little bit of both. But he's now 30 and still has that mentality that he set up for failure because he, he didn't have certain things in his past. Mm. And I say, screw what I went through. It's up to me to to accept everything I went through and try to do something positive out of it for better for me and for my family in the future and my mom and my dad or whoever is involved. So it, so that's, that's like my final thought of it. I'm just so in my head that I don't care what I go through or what comes at me. I'm going to always strive to do something positive out of it. I think that's a beautiful way of looking at it. Mm-hmm. And that's where I lean. And that's mm-hmm. where I strive towards too. Because 
you added upon the a supposition and the argument that okay, let's take a family that has multiple kids, right? Mm-hmm. So the constant is the family. And let's just assume for argument's sake the mom and dad are always there. The conversations are pretty consistent. They're even in the same household, mm-hmm. right, for, for all of the kids' upbringing. But one kid becomes a neurosurgeon. One kid becomes a drug addict. One kid becomes a sailor. Mm-hmm. What that tells you is even if you think you're striving towards a society that is structured to produce equality of outcome, to give everyone a fair chance, there is still going to be unfair variation Mm -hmm. because humans are complex and because we're born with different biology. Not to say the system shouldn't be set up to produce the most opportunity for everybody, Mm -hmm. but that kind of leads us to like a closing conclusion on that is even with the inequity and equality of that inner city kid and um, another individual, Mm -hmm you still need to realize that things will never be 100% fair. Mm-hmm. And if you impose a... Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's like yeah, a, yeah. a socialist, uh, communistic like type of way of problem solving, you're going to have corrupt leaders who funnel resources mm-hmm. to the top and to their own pockets. Um, more often than not, history tells us that. Mm-hmm. God, it's so messy, right? Because it, it's never going to be perfect. This is a fluid thing that we're talking mm-hmm. about. Yeah. But it's the same thing with my family and my brothers. There's there's variation amongst us. Mm-hmm. Whether it's skin color aside, whether it's gender aside. Um, let's bring it into this. It, it ties back into like your traditions and how you want to raise kids. Mm-hmm. I've been thinking a lot about this lately and I'm curious how you think about it those traditions and belief systems that you hold dear that you want to program into your children and how you go about choosing a partner and a future husband and Mm -hmm. and dad and whatnot to your children like what first comes to mind in traditions and like just frames of thought that you want Mm -hmm. to raise your kids by um hmm some traditions first and foremost i never even thought this way before but i'm just starting um religion i used to not even believe in the existence existence of god but now i do um so i want to and it has helped me a lot so to start off religion definitely a more you know christian family a more more belief of God and respect for God um, for Jesus the Holy Spirit and um, first I want to start off by that and putting that first um, the traditional way when it comes to a husband is a husband acknowledging that putting that first too and then leading his wife and his children um, through like the biblical traditions as well like yeah Um, okay so uh in in the husband leading the family and like kind of taking charge why do you think 
even being like a strong woman who can take care of herself, mm-hmm. why would you say that family unit is still more optimal? Not just traditional based mm-hmm. off of like how humans just did things in the past, yeah. but like what uh, that formula, why do you think it's best for you and your family? Because I've observed it alone with my parents and in our family and we're not happy. Um, my, my, my dad can possess all of these hardworking qualities providing for our family, but mentally he's lacking a lot where my mom has to step up and, and I can see the frustration in her and I can see how much she stresses and how unhappy she is because there's not that leading man to lead in the family and I just don't want that um it it works well when I talk about like the business and because aside from the business I also work a remote job and I on on the weekends I work at Disneyland (laughs) um nice so I have those three jobs and it's exhausting so then I think I, that's why I desire so much to have that man to, you know, tell me like, hey, like, you don't have to worry about anything. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to take care of the children, you know, how a father and husband should or would do. So, um, and then using all of that, but then also observing the men in my family who who didn't do that, the the, the lack really put a lot of pressure on the women in my family and they're doing kind of a little bit of both trying to be a mother trying to be a wife and then still trying to possess the 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 qualities that a man should possess most um and it's exhausting for them i see that and i don't want to go through that i'm already kind of going through that single so imagine if i had a husband (laughs) and children (laughs) so it's do you want to just be like taken care of is is that where my, the argument lies? My my uh, not argument, just how you no, feel yeah, about the situation. Yeah, yeah. My my goal, my, my dream, my goal is to yeah, be be at home with the children, raise the children, um, take care of any house duties that I need to, whether it's cooking, cleaning, making it a home, and the husband working, bringing in the money, providing. Um, and still be a husband, be a father. Um, that, that's what I want. And that's what I feel like will work the most. Because I'm doing the opposite right now um, or without the husband and, and, and children. But I'm, I'm doing that, the opposite right now, working a lot, trying to look after my family, providing for them, and and um, my mother doing that to to my grandma and her her brothers and sister and um i am so unhappy <laughs> so i i'm I, that's why i desire the other way around and i and i do feel like that's gonna work but the only way to solidify that is when a man i meet a man and, and he tells me and re- reassures me that that's how we're gonna live and gives me that confidence like that okay you don't have to worry about anything like i got you because i believe that's successful for me too and that's the only way and for men too if 
they if they want to do a lot, all of those qualities, but they have a woman who's like, oh, no, 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 I'm going to give my 50% contribution, but I, I also want to work. And I don't want a lot of children because it's going to be too much, too detrimental to my, um, to my career. But the man is trying to offer all of these things. So that's already unhappy as it is because they're not, you know, balanced out. They're not, they don't think the, the same. So, yeah, that's... That's my well, thoughts all. No, no, yeah, thanks. It's thank you for like being so honest and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's there's a lot of women out there that probably feel the same way you do and are trying to like strive towards that is is their ideal way of living. Mm-hmm. Um and I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think there's there's actually a lot of merit in that. Um the fact that people say right that raising good kids is a full-time job. Mhm. Um, and raising the next humans that are going to be running and operating the world mm-hmm. should be a full-time job. Mm-hmm. And balancing both leads to its it's a lot certain of challenges, right? It's like extra, yeah. Um, there are people who rebuttal and are like, oh, like just wanting to be taken care of isn't optimal. Mm-hmm. And I think w- we need to really think deeply about what is the ideal family unit? And I don't think it's like a one size fits all for everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody has their own like idea. Or yeah. And I think kids pick up on, I know kids pick up on stresses that are put out from parents, whether it's being overworked, whether it's incompatibility and parents fighting in, in one's life. Um, I, I can get behind the idea that it really does take a village to raise amazing kids in this world Mm -hmm. and a mother who's pulled in too many different directions might not give a child the care that it needs and that's what what directions what do you mean just like working too much or that's one of like outside of the home i mean just working too much outside of the home or what do you mean too much outside of the home yeah just because that that's an argument that's presented is like elon musk talks about how uh, humans in first world countries are not having enough kids and that our current birth rate is not sustainable in the long run Oh, that's interesting i didn't know that because the beauty of equality in a woman wanting to go into the workforce and having less children and participating more in society Mm -hmm. now has its outcome of less children being birthed and the birth Mm -hmm. rates falling do I, on the flip side, think that every woman just needs to be at home being taken care of by their husband? Mm-hmm. Not that there's anything wrong with that if that's what you're striving for. And not because the other there, way around either as well. Yeah, because you know? there's a lid for every pot and you will meet someone and have an amazing family in life mm-hmm. that wants and lives by those same ideologies mm-hmm. and goals. Um, but it does seem like if we could develop more robust systems like i think in europe the maternity leave is is greater in other countries for mm-hmm. l- the ability for a woman to stay at home with newly born and very young kids for a longer time instead of having to just get back to the workforce because mm-hmm. we need productivity and everything to to ramp up mm-hmm. um we could really really see a great benefit in society if we were able to spend more time at home 
with the family. Mm-hmm. But correct me if I'm wrong, it sounds like your solution that you're putting forth is that it's just that the mother would be at home with the kids more running the household yeah. while the man is out producing um, funds f- for the family unit per se. And that's like to make things simple. Like there's, m- there's of course more to that. Like um, he's, the husband will not be out all day, every day. Like, you know, like, and it's sole focus, it's sole responsibility would be that. No, absolutely not. Cause he has to come home and be a father too, to his children. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to be a wife. He has to be a husband. I have to be, you know, a mother. Uh, I think because of what children go through today, that makes me want to be that, that, um, mother and stay at home and give them all the time I can give. Um, and then having the husband giving me the security to do that because it is in his best interest to make sure that his children are raised, you know, how, how, how um, um, his mother, uh, I'm sorry, his wife decided to because, you know, he picked out the best women in his eyes and he wants children, she wants children, you know, and it's in best in both interests on that point. Yeah, I agree. It's it's a powerful statement and I very much respect um, how you think about it because it's it's not common and mm-hmm. I I see the items you share on social media and stuff too and it's powerful and you are providing just your honest self mm-hmm. and balancing out the culture that seems to be really going in one direction. And I think there's great, great value in some traditional ideologies and mm-hmm. in religion and God and, and structures that help just help produce good outcomes in the world mm-hmm. is really what like we're trying to get at here is like what in balance with our our experience like your experience in your family what you've seen what mm-hmm. I've seen what Grant's seen what we all see like that's how we develop I want to be a working woman in a the 50th mm-hmm. floor and be CEO or a man that's like oh I just want to sit on the couch and really kick it I don't want to do much because that's my right we're, we're we're trying we're playing after what do we think is best for our personal happiness in combination with family happiness in combination with societal happiness what works the best yeah well like you said personal happiness you know if they're happy that way and it works out for them that way then great you know um i've i've recognized that living that way won't work for me um, because I'm going to want less children if I go that route because it's going to be too much for me. And having given birth and then two months later expecting, being expected to go back to work again to give my other part of the contribution to the home is just going to be exhausting to me. So I've gotten to that conclusion because before my, my mind was set on, on just that, having my career, having maybe two children, maybe one child, um, just for the sake of it, because I'm a woman, you know, not because like, oh, I want to be a mother. Like, um, and yeah, getting married and hoping that my husband was okay with that, me going to work, because I didn't want to be at home all the time. My idea changed completely also of being at home all the time. I associated that with laziness, and now I associate that with a privilege of being at home all the time. Um, 
And sure, I'm probably not going to be at home all the time. I'm going to take my children to the park. I'm going to go take them to their grandparents. I'm going to go take them to, um, if it's a girl, to ballet school. If it's a guy, if it's a little boy, um, to like a soccer team, whatever the case may be. You know, I'm not going to be at home. But the idea of being at home is taking care of your children and having that, con- that you know, majority control, feeding them, knowing what they're going to eat. Because my idea of food, too, is... I want to have my own little farm in the backyard um, of my home. I I um, want to give them certain responsibilities. Like, I, I just want to be in control of that, you know. Amazing. And do you think you'll find, like, all your personal happiness? Yeah. Too in that? Like, yes. do you think you'll go, like, to the gym, do Pilates? Or, like, what do you think you'll oh, do yeah. for yourself? <laughs> yeah. I don't plan to send my, my, my children to school. To okay, school. so you want to you homeschool? I want to homeschool them. And do you think you were forced to think that way based on what you've observed in the public school system yeah yeah like because I went through public school differently and so that's what that my mind my my idea of public school was different back then I was okay with sending my kids to public school Mm -hmm. but it wasn't until the recent um uh activities that has been happening in public school and I say with my little cousins too that they go to public school too and I'm just like no I'm nowhere I'm not going to take my children to public school especially in a young age if they want to decide to go to college right after i mean that's fine whatever they can but from the years up to high school like no i'm gonna homeschool them and they might even not it it might not even take them 18 years it will probably take them 16 or 15 years and then they can go off to college right after like many homeschool children do um but yeah a lot has changed three years back (laughs) and for all the men out there too because what you're describing is also painting an internal reality that I deal with and Mm -hmm. my relationship and the future that I want for my family is it's hard being a man too yeah it's um the ability to financially provide what me and my partner want and all, all of you um couples out there and all of you men out there too it's a big task, but we have to be up. We have to be up to it. You know, it's like to buy, to purchase a home, to have enough funds to live a certain lifestyle you want. Everything is so expensive. You, it's a dog eat dog world. Mm-hmm. You really do have to provide value and set yourself apart if you are going to strive towards that end goal being a single like in today's society a a family that has a single income Mm -hmm. and for this example sake being the man Mm -hmm. it's it's hard and it's challenging and we can't really find pity in that and you can't you know we we if that's what you want that's what you need to like strive and live 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 up to and it's it's not going to be easy but i want to bring up two points yes um the economic side of why it's hard first or no second first it's not it's hard but it won't feel like it is because while you are financially providing for your wife the wife is your help me and will give you that confidence that everything that comes at you will be okay that's the beauty of masculinity and femininity if you have a, a wife that works the same hours as you or in the same position or more than you or less than you, but just simply works, they're just going to be like, because that's something probably I would have said too. 
there's just gonna be like well i work too like you know like it's stressful like 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 you'll be fine like deal with it like no like if you're if you're someone who who understand is and is empathetic and, and compassionate with your husband and understand that like, you know they are doing it all um you're supposed to be that support system and let them know like you know you're okay like i trust you you got this like you're good um, um, you are you are capable. You're taking all of the hits, and you're doing a really good job uh, out of it. Like giving that that assurance, and that's what I hope to do. Not be so nagging and be like, well, you know, like deal with it, and like, mm. no, like I'm gonna be your support system. Like talk to me about it. Let's try to figure out a solution because I have that patience. I have, and I, I mean, like I guess. Um, women can probably ad- identify themselves with that too like they have the, the the patience and that drive to better their their husband because they're taking care of you and you just want the best for him because uh, eventually that will that will mean the best for you and the best for your children mm. so that's why i don't see it as like a, a partnership husband wife becoming one like you're just one person together it's not like oh you help me I help you like it like no you both or maybe more like more than a partnership like more like a union completely not two in the same with the same goal but two becoming one if that makes sense yeah it does no yeah. and I, I totally agree yeah. that's that's how I operate in in my life too is that it's a partnership mm-hmm. and it can never be like oh I did this so you do that like mm-hmm. let's let's yeah. match each other it's just mm-hmm. it's not how. I live my life. That's why when and in my relationship, that's mm-hmm. not what we do. That's why if a man is going through those struggles, at least they'll know. Like, okay, I'm gonna come home to I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna leave this job. I'm gonna I'm gonna go to a to a loving home where I know if I tell this to my wife, she's gonna support me anyway, and I'm gonna feel at peace, you know. And if you come home to a wife who's also tired because they just came home came from a yeah. job now has to clean take care of the kid um it's gonna be hard for both it's there's no motivation for either of the two and look is this predicated i want to be clear too because i can envision where some people's minds are going with this mm-hmm. it's like you're just describing the old traditional uh family unit where the husband comes home treats his wife like shit because he's stressed out from work treats his kids like shit because he's stressed out from work Mm-hmm. Um, your vision is it predicated off of your husband treating you well and at least treating you with respect yeah or or mm-hmm. is it like it goes both ways yeah so like mm-hmm. by no means are you saying a woman should be a punching bag to oh. a disgruntled man who like because you were describing like mm-hmm. someone who's just always there for you almost no matter what like you're doing great yeah, i didn't see it that way <laughs> D- just because you know? i know there, there's going to yeah. be a certain percentage of people where their like, minds are going there she's supposed to accept it all then all of his like stresses and no so like you can say like mm-hmm. this is contingent no i still am a mother treated with respect mm-hmm. and i'm not going to be bullied and walked mm-hmm. down upon mm-hmm. it's it's still contingent off of a loving relationship. Yeah. And is what you would say. I'll let you know too that as men or husbands if they get that support system less and less they'll bring you those problems or like mm. their 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 stresses. Um because that's not I feel like a a, a, a true or like a real um those words are kind of uh, no, it's ambiguous because it's, like, it's, it's yeah. opinion oriented. But like 
like a masculine man like will probably try to seek as much as possible to not bring you those problems but he's going to want to confide in someone and he should confide in his wife um but if it gets to that point and he'll want and he gets that support system and that um comfort he'll he's going to want to less and less try to confide in you and not because he doesn't trust you but because because he knows he has you and he's going to now try to his best to solve his own issues or or in his head try to deal with them on his own you know yes yeah, so, so what would you advise though to a woman who still leads with love and takes care of their family unit mm-hmm. but for whatever reason the partner they chose still is still just because right like we know at scale th- that's mm-hmm. probably happening to the tunes of hundreds of thousands millions of people yeah. around the world um right because like this plays on the divorce rate and like when is it time to go and i think it begs the question of being very selective with who you choose right and Mm -hmm. who you end up with should be a good partner to you and a good future parent it really does beg that question and taking seriously who you're going to spend the rest of your life with the man who does that consistently I feel like for the wife at that point that's when you're supposed to speak to him and tell him what you're not okay with um and the man who does this assuming that he is you know the man for you he will he will look at that and and his logical mind will instantly be like like you know what you are you know you're a good woman i'm going to try my best to be better and it's in it's in a simple way to say but communication is very important at that way like hey like whenever you do this from a wife to a husband whenever you do this like i i i get more stressed and i don't want to feel that way and um i'm okay with you telling me all of this every day or or or, or treating me this way but just know that that it is detrimental to me and now is being detrimental to our children and he's supposed to take that and try to be better because in the in the end of the day he is the head of the household and he is leading you and your children to success just for example's sake let's say a man chooses to not change mm-hmm. and chooses to just be ripped by his emotions by negative emotion that's being drawn out of him at work by his his friends or his coworkers or whatever. Yeah, and he brings it out on you and yeah. consistently. Mm-hmm. Like we, we know that exists and mm-hmm. it per, it harms children, right? It, it doesn't produce good in the world. And it begs the question is be real careful of who you select, right? Like yeah. who you select as your partner. Beforehand. And then, and it is a refreshing, a beautiful thing to hear and to see, um, it's going to come with its fair share of challenges and judgment from mm-hmm. from other people who have the right to think what they want. Is that your your brain in this very much lies in there's roles to play. A man has a role and a woman has a role. That's the way I think. And there's, mm-hmm. you can kind of toggle that switch, like you can move that line of where the roles exactly lie. But to be a traditional conservative that you would claim to be right Mm -hmm. that um your optimal way of living life 
is predicated off of role-based systems. Mm -hmm. You'd say that. And that, but above all that, also, um, God. I find that even much more important because I don't, okay, I don't focus too much on like, or when it comes to like what's what's more important, what comes second. Traditional worlds come second. First comes God. Where do traditional comes from? From, you know, the religion, from the Bible. Mm-hmm. The Bible can tell you many, many things. But the main, main thing that it, it, it talks to you, and I'm not going to say word for word because I don't really remember it, but when it comes to a husband and wife, they do speak about uh, respect. Um, it's not only, you know, the wife submitting to the husband, but also the husband submitting to the wife in that um, masculine role that the Bible um, uh, describes. So. I get what you're saying. Yeah. So th- that's why I have a hard time believing uh, there will always be problems in a marriage, but I have a hard time believing that if the man is doing it in a, in a consistent way and really emotionally and like mentally hurting you that man has to go back to its roots to what brought you both together in in, in the beginning the the roles that were spoke of in the bible and then secondly the traditional conservative roles that society wants wants to talk about maybe outside of the bible um um, but that's why I have a hard time believing that will be the consistent um, act because of the Bible. <laughs> Going back to those roots. Yeah. And it's a beautiful thing because basically what you're saying is the way you think and the way you live your life, you have God and these views up front. You're leading with mm-hmm. them. Therefore, you're not going to have to, you're not going to really attract that future man that's going to treat you in a certain way Mm -hmm. because you're, you're filtering your decision making through God and through these, Mm -hmm. these ideas that you lead with. Mm -hmm. And I think that's valid. And that is a way that people, whatever that filter system is that you lead with Mm -hmm. can be fluid. There's there's how many different religions in the world, right? You can be a Mm -hmm. Christian, you could be a Muslim, uh, you could be a Buddhist. I think what it speaks to is we need to house our beliefs in something mm-hmm. greater than ourselves. Mm-hmm. You you have to something strive. Divine. Yes, some, whether it's something divine or like you were saying is you put God and and religion first. Um, but it's not just storytelling and a mystic description of a being. It's the it's the ideas that it teaches you. It's it's the um, yeah, the tenets that it teaches you. And that's where you use that system in the world and like choosing mm-hmm. a partner and how you're going to raise your kids. So and he has to agree with that too and would yeah. want to do that too, go off of that foundation. And that has got to be better for us at large. That's got to be optimal in comparison to someone who is just living life crazily accidentally getting pregnant not being so smart with their decision making right Mm -hmm. in who 
they choose as a partner and the fact that it takes one instant to get pregnant and to bring life into this world Mm -hmm. Um, and we all make mistakes life's very complicated but to hammer home the point is it really just begs the question of adults thinking about what we're doing and the next generation we're going to bring into the world and as long as I think if we're filtering things through that lens and doing our best, still having disagreements, still seeing crazy yeah. advertisements and having these new fringe activities come into the public school sector and into families' homes and over the kitchen table, as long as we actively have these conversations and no one's being canceled and shunned out, we're going to look back on this in a thousand years and be like whoa we were going through some crazy growing pains <laughs> yeah. and the vision that you project I think so many women will be able to relate to and it's one that I think is beautiful and could potentially see for myself one day is mm-hmm. just getting back to, to grassroots raising a bunch of kids raging, raising a great family uh, having mm-hmm. a farm going out and escaping and just being with yeah. <laughs> with nature and um people yeah, back I, I, then I commend would, I commend you for it. People back then would think that that's like very hippie in a way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And now it's like the the ultimate traditional conservative way of thinking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um but because times have changed so much. Yeah. Well, it's refreshing and I really really thank you for like coming on and being vulnerable and just speaking from your heart and um yeah bless that you came and thank, thank you. you for having me of Zach. course of course thank you all right you guys with that being said talking goes a long way and we'll catch you next time thank you